1: That's the sound of Brock's jelly beans being poured into a candy bowl. Oops. And the sound of hosting your first family brunch. Listen to the sweet sonic musings of Brock's jelly beans swirling in your sister's favorite candy bowl. Well, second favorite. But thanks to these delicious beloved beans, she'll never know it's a replacement or that you and your cousin broke it trying to decorate a cake. Brock's, make moments sweeter. Head to brocks.com to shop now.
2: Buzz, 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 buzz. Welcome in to a slightly chilly edition of At the Buzzer, your Colorado athletics podcast, um, discussing everything you need to know about CU athletics. And just for SEO purposes, I'm going to say Coach Prime at the start of this podcast. Um, we are of the Ralphie Report as usual. I am one co-host, Jack. Hello. As usual. Hello. On the other side is the other co-host. Finally, stateside, not um, not recording from a time zone disadvantage. We have Sam.
0: Hello, Sam. Yes. Uh, time zone, and I'm I am still in school, and I'm I have final exams these days, and mm-hmm. I was traveling back home, so it was kind of a. Kind of kind of a busy time. So, I'm glad to be back after an informal hiatus.
2: It was a busy time to have a busy time, man. Um, you might have seen the last 13 days. Um, shit has happened for the call out of Buffaloes. In a pretty big way. Um, so, we'll be talking about some of that on the football side, obviously. I'm going to give you a recruiting update as I can. We're going to continue to talk about the basket buffs as they um, – March through the soft underbelly of their non-conference schedule here. Um, And, of course, we both watched CU's next starting quarterback at the Celebration Bowl, um, as I'm sure a lot of CU fans did. So we'll be talking about that a little bit as well. Um, So a nice fun – I don't know. This is a nice little – I like the mix of topics we have on today's podcast. It's not all Coach Prime, and it's not all basketball. It's kind of a mix. I I like it.
0: Yeah. Good job,
2: Zach. Thanks. Thanks. (laughs) Um, uh, <laughs> let's start with the celebration bowl, I think. Um, so that was on, on this, this past Saturday, that was on the 17th, um, at 10 AM on ABC primetime. um, quite literally as Deion Sanders time, yeah. was coaching Jackson state throughout the past two weeks of bowl prep for this game. Um, and for reference, for those that don't know, the celebration bowl is not part of the FCS playoffs. Um, It is a separate venture that removes both participants from FCS playoff contention. However, due to the money behind the Celebration Bowl, that's often a really good thing for both schools. So um, the number one team in the SWAC, which is Jackson State, Coach Deion Sanders' team, and the number one team in the MEAC, which is NC Central, often they will play each other in the Celebration Bowl, which is called that because of the celebration of HBCU football and culture and everything um, that we have come to know and love as CU fans. Um, so that, that is why this is happening, as, and separate from the FCS playoffs you may have seen elsewhere on Saturday. Um, but it's a really good thing for both programs. Over a million is guaranteed for each school and obviously a bunch of exposure in Atlanta. Um, so it, it's a pretty big deal is what I'm trying to say. It was a pretty big deal of a game, um, and that, that's part of the reason why. Um, Coach Prime, after he was hired by CU, stayed behind to prep Jackson State for that game.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, Do you want to go right into the game? We can. Absolutely.
2: Um, So, Jackson State versus NC Central, and for reference, the MIAC conference dominates the SWAC generally in this bowl game. Um, so just to keep I that in it. mind as we talk about this, yeah, the Miac generally has has better resources and is a a uh, a bigger conference, and I guess, you know what, let me, let me just double check before I say anything else. We can keep talking about this particular game, but from what I recall, what I just said is correct. Um, the reason a lot of CU fans are watching this game is obviously the, um, the coach that CU just hired is coaching, which is... Uh, you know, a big draw for those that can remember this far back. I remember tuning in very deeply into the sec championship game in 2019 after some rumors that Mel Tucker was going to be CU's next head coach sprouted up. I wanted to see how that Georgia defense operated. Um, so this is a similar vibe on a much bigger scale. The other thing past Deion Sanders that CU fans are looking at is of course the quarterback, CU's quarterback next year was also playing in this game. Mm -hmm. That happened to be Shador Sanders, Deion Sanders' son, who also was a pretty big-time recruit in high school before he followed his his father to Jackson State. Um, So I was in particular watching for Sanders to see how he looked. Um, By Sanders, I mean Shador, to see how he looked, as well as any other potential players that may be coming to Boulder. We've heard the Travis Hunter rumors. We've heard the Kevin Coleman rumors. Just wanted to see, you know, what that quote-unquote Louis Vuitton luggage that Deontay just talked about actually looked like on the field. Um, So, once again, giant preamble to say, Sam, what did you see? Uh,
0: I saw someone who's going to be the most talented quarterback that we've had in a very long time. I mean, I I, I saw Brian Howell said that, like, he has to be automatically the best starting quarterback since Montez, and he's probably going to be better depending (laughs) of – hang on a second. Okay. Okay. The strength. The strengths of Shador. Yeah? Yeah,
2: let's talk about it. Yeah.
0: Okay. Obviously, he's a mobile quarterback with, like, they run the read option, spread option, whatever you call it. And he looks very good in that. He looks quite comfortable escaping pressure. He can throw in the move. He throws mm-hmm. a really pretty ball. Um. And, like, we know that the Kent State offense we're bringing in is going to need him to do exactly what he's capable of.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, like, I don't really have anything negative to say from what I've seen. The, yeah. only, the only qualm is that I think, like, the productivity, we haven't seen it against the best competition. And the the Brian Howell comment is that you have to see how he plays against Pac-12 defenses before you can say he's better than Someone like Montez, who was talented in a similar way, uh, but struggled sometimes against, like processing.
2: I I'm, I was laughing because you said the most obviously the the best CU quarterback since Montez, and I was thinking back. I'm like, okay, why is that? Oh, that's right. It was Neuer who had more interceptions and touchdowns, but who had a bunch yeah. of heart. Uh, oh God, 2021 was Brendan Lewis. In not even his fault. Once again, Ralph report the official position is that we are still a Brendan Lewis podcast and I hope he kills it at UConn under Jim Mora. Um but you know 2021, Brendan Lewis, not the best. And then 2022, we all watched that. So uh yes, I you know, I hazard a guess to say that you or I could be a better uh upgrade depending on some of what we saw yesterday. Or yesterday. Wow, last year. Um and yes, I think your point the other point is a really good one about um like the reads. Um so so Jackson State kind of plays in a weird I shouldn't say weird, but it's, it's an air raid e offense. So, a lot of split-out wide, quick plays, quick reads. It's kind of like if you see one guy's cover, then take off or throw it away. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the play caller for that offense, Brett Bartolone, is coming to Boulder as a wide receivers coach, not as a play caller. So, okay. He will be there, and he is Shadur's current quarterback's coach as well, but he will be there as a wide receiver's coach. The reason he's a wide receiver's coach is he played wide receiver for Mike Leach, RIP, at Washington State um, a scant five oh, yeah, years ago. So, um, yeah, so, so keep that in mind. Um, what we're seeing next year is going to be different. They're going to run the ball more than Jackson State did on Saturday next year, absolutely, mm-hmm. and it's also going to be different reads. However, I totally agree with you. I saw... I saw this a little bit in the conference championship as well, but Shadur Sanders as a quarterback, I can't remember the last CU prospect at quarterback that looked as comfortable being quarterback. And I actually don't agree with you that Montez did that. I think Montez had a lot of physical gifts um, and I liked watching him some of the time, at least, if not most of the time. But I don't know if he was a natural reader, like at quarterback, you know, I think he struggled with that at times. To me, Shadour Sanders looks so much more natural in that progression piece or just, like, being calm in the pocket. Oh, my God, how many throws did he have in that celebration bowl when NC Central came at them and he had people at his feet and he just stood, delivered, got hit, but he hit the ball. He put the ball on the receiver's body. And I'm like, I can't remember the last time I saw a CU quarterback do that with consistency. That was incredible.
0: I didn't mean that. uh, Like, I think there is a difference reading the game between – FCS level and, uh, like, Pac-12 level. Absolutely. So, like, and I, and I haven't watched enough Sanders to know whether or not he's... He is actually, also a like, true sophomore.
2: We do want to point yeah. that out to people
0: okay. listening. So, he is a true sophomore. Still young, but keep <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, did you have any other thoughts on Sanders? Oh, I have plenty of thoughts. Oh, then keep going. Like you oh. said, I think he throws
2: a beautiful ball. Um, the, the throw he had to Kevin Coleman for the 85-yard <laughs> touchdown... Um, Obviously, Coleman is wide open, but it didn't matter because I was, like, on his body in perfect stride um, and a great read. Like, that throw was incredible. Mm-hmm. And, you know, talking about the rest of the game, obviously, Jackson State lost this one in overtime. It's not because of Shador Sanders, man. Like, that dude was the only engine they had on offense, and he was absolutely hitting dudes in, in tight windows that those windows will exist in the power front level too, man. Like... It's the FCS, of course, but he was putting it on guys when they had a dude draped on them, um, in a place that only they could catch it, and that that stuff right there was really exciting to me. Um, so I I I thought what I saw, that, you know, he ended up like thirty of forty, I think, for four hundred yards, and that like fourth down every throw, touchdown.
0: that fourth down throw he had to save, yeah. basically the game that was across his body. Yeah, that's that's that, a next level throw.
2: That yep, exactly. You look at that and. And like you said, I think he took he, – it takes him a second to give up on the play. I think he holds the ball for a long time, um, which he can get away with at that level. can't get away with at every level. But I am okay with that being the main issue with the CU quarterback. Shadour Sanders is not a dual threat like Brendan Lewis is. He can run, but it's never going to be his first option. But as long as that threat is there, that's all that really matters for Sean Lewis's offense. And from what I saw, the threat is there um, for Shadour Sanders. He's not super fast, and definitely NC Central's quarterback could run better. That dude was a tank, but um, you know he still moved the ball, and I liked his arm. I think he can spin it, um, and I think what Deion Sanders said about him is correct. He looks like a technician out there. He is reading. He is throwing the ball where the receiver should be, like on time and on target, right? And that's that's the stuff that
0: gets me excited. Uh, who, who else were you watching for?
2: So Travis Hunter is the other big name, of course, the number one player in the country in the 2022 recruiting class. He's been kind of injured all year, um, but he seemed healthy enough to play in this game pretty extensively on both sides of the ball. Kevin Coleman was a four-star last year as well, so I was watching for him. Um, and finally, Shiloh Sanders, Deion's other son, who is the starting safety for Jackson State. He is also likely coming to Boulder so at safety. So I wanted to see mm-hmm. what what I saw from him, and he did not have the best game. Um, so Shiloh, I got burned actually once, a, once, once or twice in the back. Um, but whatever, you know, as part of the packaging, you get Coach Prime, is you get his whole family too, um, which is good and bad. And I don't, I don't think Shiloh is a bad player necessarily. He had plenty of great offers out of high school. Um, ended up signing with South Carolina, transferring to Jackson State. Will be transferring to CU likely as a grad transfer over the summer, um, but I, I I am bearing the lead. Um, I absolutely loved what I saw out of both Travis Hunter and Kevin Coleman at that Celebration Bowl.
0: Holy God! Woo! So so we all know who Travis Hunter is, basically. Like he's the number one recruit who eschewed Florida State for Jackson State, secured nice like work. a nice NIL deal. Yes, uh, supposedly from
2: Barstool, although that's never been <clears> confirmed.
0: Okay. Um, who is the other guy?
2: Kevin Coleman, So picked Jackson State over offers from Florida
0: and Miami. Okay, thank you. And what position does he play, just so everyone knows? He plays wide receiver know. and punt returner and kick okay. returner. Oh, he's, so he's the guy who scored that 40-something-yard bomb.
2: He's the guy that scored the 85-yard touchdown. The
0: 85-yard yes. touchdown. damn. Yes. Okay, he is very fast. I yeah. know, he caught it. He caught it? And I thought, oh, I think he's going to catch that, and he was gone. Nope. Yeah, and then he just turned on the burners when he wanted to.
2: You also <clears throat> have plenty of really good punt returns and kick returns, which I appreciated, and it's had some nice contested catches. Um, yeah, Coleman is an absolute speed freak, and Travis Hunter showed ex- everything I wanted to see from Travis Hunter. Like, holy crap! Two touchdowns in this game. The thing about Travis Hunter is he plays both ways. Um, So he he was a starting cornerback and generally did his job. I think he got burned once that I remember, but um, generally did his job. He was also a wide receiver they brought in on on certain plays. He caught two touchdowns on those plays, including the game-tying touchdown that we have not talked about yet, a beautiful lob from Mm Shedora Sanders right to the spot on the side of the end that they needed to. Travis Hunter runs under it, gets some hand fighting so he gets positioned, gets both feet in and the catch secured with no time left to take the game into overtime. The guy is just an absolute freak athlete and it pops every single time he moves out there. It's, an, it's incredible. I If if he does, in fact, come to Colorado, um, that will be very fun to watch on both sides of the ball. He, he has the goods to play on both sides of the ball.
0: I mean, think that, that play speaks to his ball skills. Uh, and just like pure athleticism. Like I well
2: and his other touchdown too, I don't know if you saw that, but it was a nice post route. And both the safety and the corner were looking at him and he went out, faked out, both just Oh, dove Yeah. No, the he dusted the end zone. them. Yeah, and then whoop just went right in between, no problem. Easy throw, easy catch. Incredible route. Yeah, he is a freak, man. Oh my god.
0: Woo! Yeah, no, I'm impressed. I mean, I mean, obviously, he's one of the most talented players in college football. I, I don't, I don't even know what else to say. Like, if CU gets him, he's literally the best recruit they will ever have got. <laughs> well, there cannot
2: be higher. He is one of very few recruits, also in the two four seven level as a high schooler, to get a ninety nine perfect rating. Um, <laughs> so he he is that level. Um, and yeah, so to confirm my other earlier thought, the Celebration Bowl is seven years old. The MIAC has won six of those seven, with the one SWAC win being in 2016. Grambling State beat NC Central by one. Um, Tariq Cohen, recent um, Celebration Bowl MVP in 2015. Oh, so
0: there you, you go. go. Yeah,
2: okay. North Carolina AT. Um So, yeah, anyways, MEAC normally dominates it, and, and they ended up winning in overtime after Shadur Sanders' beautiful play call in overtime, has a chance to tie it with his touchdown, and the receiver dropped the ball on third and goal. He was walking in, and he drops the ball to end it. Um, And fourth and goal, had to throw it away. Game ends. The, that guy is crying in the locker room. Coach Prime has to go console him. Um, And then right after he consoles him, he hops on the private jet and lands in Boulder as the official full-time coach now of the Colorado Buffaloes. In charge of the biggest recruiting weekend that I can remember in a long, long time.
0: Yeah, I mean, I met a couple of those recruits on campus, just being on campus. They were just around, mm. um, and I know we landed one today, right? We lo- we landed
2: oh, this. Oh, baby, we we have averaged a recruit an hour today. Well, no, we now we're at like recruit every two hours, but
0: yeah. Do, do you want to walk through some of those guys? Yeah, I don't so know who any of these guys are. I'm just going to pretend like I know.
2: Well, so it's finished that celebration bowl thread with some of the Jackson yeah. State guys that have officially entered the portal. Shile and Shadur have both entered, entered the portal as the Sanders uh, sons, and it's no mistake where those are going. Um, Kevin Coleman, as of five minutes ago, officially entered the transfer portal, so I am expecting Kevin Coleman to follow Dion to Boulder. Travis Hunter entered the transfer portal as of last night. Um, also, as of last night, Travis Hunter is in Colorado with Shador Sanders this weekend. Mm. Um, national pundits have said that Travis Hunter will be a battle between the the current schools of supposedly Georgia, Colorado, USC, and Miami. Um, so, you know, different level of battle than CU's used to. And Travis Hunter put out a YouTube video that made it seem like it is not a sure thing that he's coming to Boulder. I don't know if I ever expected it to be a sure, sure thing. I definitely think that obviously CU has an inside edge here um, with coach prime being his, his, basically his mentor, a lot of his friends from Jackson state also joining him in Boulder. Um, But it's going to be tough. Those are three really, really hard programs to recruit against, uh, especially in the NIL world. Miami will throw gobs and gobs and gobs of money at him. So like, that's going to be hard, man. Um, but just keeping in mind that, that those that have entered the portal, other Jackson State players to watch that have entered the portal, offensive lineman Willis Patrick, left tackle, will absolutely probably will absolutely be joining Prime and Boulder as well. That was number 71 for those watching the Celebration Bowl. Pretty big name. Um, there are a few other linemen and linebackers that have entered the portal as well. I don't know how many of those I'm expecting to join Prime. There is one more defensive back I am expecting in Boulder next year. His name, he has three names, which is why I'm looking up to make sure I get all three names correct. Uh, Oh, my God. This is embarrassing. Uh, uh, Boy, howdy. He has a transfer, though. Uh, Cameron, Silman, Craig. There we go. Uh, And he has over 110 tackles in two years at Jackson State. Um, So so pretty prolific at a safety as a safety he's the guy that got stiff on in the dirt by the nc central running back in overtime <laughs> if you remember that um yeah. collier is a beast um so i you know people have heard coach fine mention that there's about he said he's got about 10 dogs on the way and they're gonna hunt and they're gonna eat i would expect about 10 players from jackson state to come to boulder and i hope one of them is travis hunter so there's there's the bridge sam um into recruiting
0: Thank you. I appreciate it.
2: Also on campus this weekend, and we're not going to go through everything, but um, for those of you who want the full deal, please go sign up for 247 Sports with Adam Tiger. He does literally the best work in the 247 Sports Network. You cannot find a more professional reporter, and he has the lowdown on everyone that came through. Some of the people that came through that publicized it that I would keep an eye on. Malachi Coleman is a name that people should be very excited about if he ends up signing at CU. He mm-hmm. is a top 70 player nationally, a four-star, a number three athlete in the country. His athlete designation is interesting. You don't see this very often. He is either a wide receiver or a defensive end. Um, so Julius Peppers style. Yeah, I
0: was thinking Julius Peppers. Um,
2: <laughs> he runs a 10-4, 100-meter dash at six five two twenty. 220. Um, oh, my God. And he's from Omaha, Nebraska. He happened to be committed to Nebraska until about two weeks ago. So um, if you want extra reason to pay attention to him, there it is. He is cur- It is currently a battle between CU and Nebraska for his signature. Just like the old days, baby. Um, we're bringing it back. So keep an eye on him. He is an absolute freak on a leash. Um, doesn't have better offers. He does have better offers. But uh, I don't know if you realize this. Well, I shouldn't say better offers. He changed, he was originally supposed to go to Michigan this weekend, but the uh, power of Coach Prime is such that he changed um, his visit from Michigan to Colorado. Oh, um, yeah, so he, he's serious. He, he's got some serious work going. Um, another guy to keep in mind that was in campus and publicized it this weekend is a guy named Vakari Swain, who's another two-way athlete um, from Georgia. Currently committed to South Carolina. He is a four-star and he's a total burner no matter what side of the ball he plays on. He was in Boulder as well, and he is on flip watch. If CU can end up pulling that out, Bakari Swain will play early and often. Total speed demon. Um, Great athlete. Another guy to look at. Um, Somehow, CU is looking at taking two prep quarterbacks this cycle, as well as Shador Sanders. So they kept Ryan Staub on board from California. They are also looking at Kaysen Wiseman, who is a current Kansas commit. He came out and visited this weekend as well. They uh Kansas people seem to think that as a CU Kansas battle. Um and you know, I'll take any Lance Leipold quarterback. They seem to be doing pretty well, no matter what they do. So um happy for that and happy to have three quarterback recruits on board this cycle, if possible. Um and like I said, there's a plenty of other dudes that came and visited. Um and and many of them have already committed, in my personal opinion, one that committed today that I'm most excited about. Is a guy named Savion Washington, who is a 6'9", 330 right tackle um, from Kent State. He's a transfer from Kent State. The reason that matters is CU's offensive coordinator was Kent State's former head coach, and CU's offensive line coach was Kent State's former offensive line coach. So if you want to make sure you hit the ground running next year with your offense installed, grabbing an anchor like Savion Washington, who had plenty of other Power 5 offers in the transfer portal, by the way, and graded out better than every CU offensive lineman in Pro Football Focus, by the way. Um, grabbing a guy like that who knows the system, knows the speed, knows the coaches
0: is huge.
2: Um, so, of the current commits, that's my favorite one, and he and that's a big one.
0: Um, can you can you go over the ones who you assume will be like instant starters of the transfers?
2: Yeah, so Vontae Bentley will absolutely be a starter at inside linebacker. That's a guy from Clemson who's played 400 career snaps at Clemson, which means he's not starting, but, you know, he's playing. Um, He is a senior grad transfer with two years of eligibility thanks to COVID. Um, He was also an all-ACC honor roll selection at least two years out of his four, so he's absolutely coming to play school. Um, Yeah, I don't know, a huge thumper. He's six foot, he can fly, and he's going to put you in the dirt. Um, and, and he played for Clemson. Like I said, it's not like he's nobody. So actually, what's interesting uh, is, is Brian Howell put, on, put out a tweet that, you know, didn't want to put any undue pressure on, on Vontae Bentley, but he totally put undue pressure on Vontae Bentley. <laughs> Vontae, Nate Lamb is 2021 season at Colorado. It consisted of 400 oh. snaps, 71 tackles, six tackles for loss, and zero sacks. Vontae Bentley's career at Clemson consists of 417 snap, snaps, 73 tackles, 12 tackles for a loss, and 6 sacks. So, um, he's basically just saying he's better than senior year Nate Landman. No big deal. Um That's obviously not true, but Vontae Bentley is an instant impact starter. Savion Washington, instant impact starter. Taj Alston from West Virginia at defensive end will play all over the defensive line. And when he's healthy, he disrupts in the backfield. That's another guy that you will see early and often next year. I don't know. Some of the other guys that committed, Jacob Page also committed. He's a burner prep wide receiver from Tennessee. I'm not expecting too much from him next year, but his speed is incredible. I don't know. A lot of transfers came in. We'll see how many commit after you know now that it's the the, the dead period. But um, I hope I hope the rest of them do, um, and all of them will be instant starters. Absolutely. You said what? All of them will be instant. Starters? All of them will be. There is not a single person that was in cam- on campus this uh, <clears throat> weekend that will not play next year. I, I, I'm okay. Pretty positive. Yeah, I guess the does quarterbacks. That, I guess Case and Wiseman won't. But
0: does that? I mean, I assume that speaks kind of more to how bad we were. It does. Okay. It does. Just – okay. I just wanted to make sure.
2: I Now, they aren't – some of them might be Jags. Like, Taj also might be the definition of Jag, right, where he played some at West Virginia. He'll play some at CU, and maybe it's replaceable, maybe it's not. But you'll mm-hmm. take that. You'll take yeah. that over anything that CU – the 130th-ranked defense in the country out of 130 teams did, right? So – um yeah, I don't know. I it was it was a big weekend, and this Wednesday you'll see the fruits of a lot of those labors. As usual, Ralphie report will be up and Adam early on signing day, um, giving you everything you need to know about um, the the prep recruiting class that Coach Prime is signing. But just know it's currently ranked around fifty fifth, and that is going to continue to climb fast if the people that are crystal ball to see you actually end up coming to see you.
0: Oh, that's great. I mean you I mean I know you guys already covered it on the the, the Dion to see you pod, but I mean it's just amazing how everything changes just immediately uh
2: <laughs> yeah he is I mean of course he's a massive <laughs> It's just a huge shot in the arm in every single way. Um, and the, the the biggest, most important, best way is on the recruiting trail. So he has been CU's full-time head coach for literally one day on Sunday. And here we are on Monday and CU's gotten about five commits. You know, um, it's, it's like that. So expect even more craziness this week. Expect craziness on Wednesday um, when maybe some kids flip on Wednesday. We'll see. Um, but you know, expect him to really hit the ground running. Um, oh, and one thing for you that you might like, see, you've got the number one player in England, baby. The number one. Oh, line I back. Saw that. Yes. Kofi Taylor barracks. Let's go. We're international um, now is
0: what? <sighs> hmm. How good is the number one player in Europe?
2: <laughs> I don't know about all of Europe. Probably. Okay. Um, I he so Kofi Taylor Barracks has has some legit offers. Penn State, Michigan State, has two of them, by example. But he was committed to Jackson State already. He is a coach prime guy, and I'm you know there's going to be coach prime guys in this class. Jordan Hall is one of them. He's been committed since like the day he was hired. Um, so he's he's a, a crazy athlete who needs to learn how to play football. That's pretty much all.
0: Okay, of so that's what I was thinking. That like, I, I if a linebacker is kind of coming from England, I don't necessarily trust his. Uh, football, IQ.
2: you shouldn't, but he's six three, two thirty, and likes to hit people. Um.
0: Oh, okay. So you we'll know. we'll take that. Yeah, it'll take a while, but he's good. Okay, and I mean it's not like we've not had success stories in the past with Davion Taylor, or whatnot. Um, but yeah, yeah. So,
2: um, please, once again, if you want all the lowdown and dirty, follow Adam. Follow us on on Wednesday as well as everything else because it should be a pretty big day for CU on Wednesday.
0: Will this go up, either? Hopefully? Yes. Hopefully. <laughs> okay.
2: um, all right. Well, we've, we've sped through all the boring stuff. Now let's talk about what actually matters. CU's <laughs> Ken Palmrickin! <laughs> all right. What are we on uh, now? We, I should be in the high 40s. Uh, we were around 50 when I checked on Sunday. Um, and I know in the net we are still in a pretty good spot in, like, the mid-30s, but all right. Um, we're talking about this because CU just had a game yesterday against the mighty Golden Bears of the University of Northern Colorado. Um, uh, they're not
0: the Golden Bears, my dude.
2: Are they just the Bears? They're just the Bears. Okay. CU, by the way, is at 53, so there you go. Uh, on campus. Yeah. Um
0: Yeah, they, they beat UNC and then they yes. beat North Alabama before that, and then Colorado 24, State before that. By and thirty, they annihilated Colorado State. Yeah. Yep. So more- and I was
2: I was in fact at
0: that game. Oh. Okay. Um, so Northern North Alabama was the first back to back win CU has had this year, which is weird. Yes, it um, is strange. And now um, we've won three in a row. We can't. Yes, be and they've been blowouts basically. I mean, Northern Colorado was an eleven point game, but. That was some garbage time. Like, see, so you had an 18-point lead with, like, two minutes left. Um,
2: yeah, and they were hitting everything. There's a guy on Northern Colorado's team. Connect. Yeah, Golden Connect. King. They just hit everything. That dude had the game of life. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, you know, whatever. So did Tristan De Silva, quite literally. Um, 26 points, a career high, right after having a 25-point career high against North Alabama. Um, Big game from him. But, you know, yeah, we I don't know when's the last time we talked in, in full about this basketball team, but I got plenty of thoughts, and I'm happy to just talk about
0: all of them with you. Um, I think you should go ahead, because you usually have more to say. Okay. And I'll comment where I want to. Yeah,
2: so after watching the UNC game, um, you know, some of it, I,
0: I'll...
2: Yeah, I guess I'll start broad with the whole team. Yeah. Um, I think when this team decides that they want to defend, and I'm not saying everyone, I think some people defend all the time, but I think when this team wants to defend, they are really good at defending. I think right now, a lot of the team does not want to defend a lot of the time, which leads to issues like UNC pretty much being tied in the first half with CU, for a large part of it, on really easy defensive lapses that just didn't happen. I think almost everyone on the roster I trust defensively one on one. The two people mm-hmm. I don't really are Ethan Wright and maybe Julian Hammond. Like those are the two maybe guys. Yeah, I think um we do that. But almost everyone else I'm saying that they should be able to at least fight to a draw with anyone that they're guarding on defense. At least now. Maybe not in conference play cuz there's some absolutely just di- disgusting teams in the Pac-12 this year, but at least now Um, And it just doesn't happen, which is frustrating. Um, I don't know what that is mentally. I'm sure Royal is way more frustrated than I am. But um, defensively, it's just, to me, it's not consistent effort-wise. And they're continuing to work on that. Um, Offensively, I think this team can score really well and um, has a lot of ways to do it. I think the one guy that can't is Lawson Lovering, which we know about him, and he knows about him and that's going to continue to go. He still happens to have massive amounts of value to this team as he, as one of the few people that defends 100% of the time, especially helps that defense. But he's just not an offensive weapon. Everyone else can be. I continue to be upset that Nick Clifford is not who we want him to be. Um, I continue to be upset that Ethan Wright cannot apparently shoot the ball, um, even though he is supposed to be a shooter. Um I'll stop talking about what I'm upset about. I love Javon Ruffin. I I absolutely love Javon Ruffin. And I hope he gets more and more minutes as the season goes on. That dude is a willing shooter. He makes the game of offense look incredibly easy every time he's out there. And his finishes are incredible. I was not expecting that.
0: Um, He's just a smart player all around. uh, Yes.
2: Like he's not going to be
0: a defensive problem either even being a freshman he's
2: um, it looks like he's the son of an NBA Scout an NBA veteran because it he just knows where to go with the ball like ninety nine percent of the time and it just makes it look so easy and his shot is kind of flat but it comes up so fast and it's like it goes in he's the best yeah. shooter on the team um so I want to see more of him. I will say as a my top positive thing from this stretch is I think we're finally seeing um <laughs> Tristan da Silva figure out that especially during and in, in this part of the schedule, literally no one can stop him ever, ever. Yeah. And he's just deciding to like, oh yeah, I'm just going to stun these guys for 40 minutes. Okay.
0: Yeah. No. He's he's finally like we've we've been seeing glimpses of it for the past couple of years where he is so weird to stop. Like he can yeah. shoot. We yeah. know that he's yeah. tall and lanky. He can get off his shot whenever he wants. Yeah. And he has tremendous touch and then if you can match up with with him from a physicality perspective he's so weird and so sneaky with just how he moves that he can just find little crevices like there was one play against northern colorado where he split a double team with this weird little shuffle step or whatever and he just like just just apparated between the two into an easy layup it's just whether or not he realizes how good he is and that has been the struggle and it looks like now he's averaging something almost 20 points per game in his last six games yep um i don't know if that's a product of playing against bad competition but it's a great sign it is that he can just be like okay i'm the best player on the floor i'm gonna go get my buckets
2: He's the best player on the floor on one side of the floor, for sure. And that's and, yeah. and he knows that. But it, it's been fun to see the offense clearly transition into a better spot for them, which is KJ feeding Tristan early and then KJ getting his later, um, yeah. which is awesome. Tristan knows he's hunting his shot early on because he needs to get engaged like that early on. So you're seeing CU run these plays where it's obviously meant to get the Silva off a curl or get De Silva in the post one-on-one. And like you mentioned... I don't. I just love watching him shoot the basketball, dude. It's so pretty. It doesn't matter these weird angles. The touch is there. it's like Jokic. It's not Jokic. He's not Jokic, but it's like that where it's just like these weird angles, and he has the touch where it just floats up soft and comes down. Not yes, No, very few people have that, and he, he had that
0: one play against the Colorado, and it was a very simple play. He just caught it on the wing. Pump fake, the guy bit on the pump fake, took one dribble in for the mid range and yep. it was clean. And yep. it was so nice. I watched it a few times just because it's just perfect basketball. Yeah. It's so he, pretty. He makes sport. He,
2: yeah. He makes it look so nice all the time. Um and I I don't know. I, I love what I'm seeing from him. I you know, to the point where if he continues this like this in conference play, we may not have him next year. Um it might be one of those deals, which is upsetting. But it might not even be the NBA. You might just be like, "I'm from Europe. They're offering me like two million a year to go play in Spain. I'm going to do it," um, which sucks. But he looks so good out there. It's so fun to watch. Um, and and you know, the other know. thing, I
0: don't think he's going to leave early. I think if Oscar didn't leave early, he's not going to leave early. I hope you're right.
2: Uh, I hope you're right. He when, he's. Just so fun on offense. Um, And he's slowly getting better at the rebounding part, which is nice. Um, So to your point, you know, against Northern Colorado, he was eight of 10 inside the arc, two or five outside the arc. Obviously, he'll take that every time. Eight of 10 is disgusting. Um, And, you know, these are not super easy shots. He took a weird fadeaway. He he has this weird jump hook thing he does from, like, behind the backboard that works. Um, I don't know. Gorgeous. And uh, obviously, like like I mentioned before, K.J.'s figuring out that he can get his whenever he wants. So once the Silva's locked in, it makes his job so much easier. Because um, K.J.'s having the time of his life out there, too.
0: Yeah, and I mean, we had that concern before the season. It's like, does K.J. want to be the leading scorer, or does he want to be the leader of the offense? And it looks more like leader of the offense seems to be more accurate, which I mean, I'm, I'm glad with. Um are you, are you, obviously you are smitten with KJ. Yes. Um, do you think that we're kind of past the point where he's going to shoot us out of games? Or do you think that we'll just, we'll just take the good with the bad?
2: I mean, you think, his, I think his shot looks good this year. And he's, yeah. he's hitting it I mean, he still has had,
0: he still has had a couple, like four of 16 performances where CU kind of just does well, even with he'll, that. He,
2: and he'll do that.
0: Sure. Yeah. He'll keep okay. doing that.
2: But both of us talked before the year. Neither of us expected this to be a tournament team. What I wanted to see is these sophomores growing into upperclassmen, and I'm seeing some of that. Frankly, ahead of that, ahead of schedule, some people behind schedule. I would consider KJ in both ahead of schedule, which is great. It's the two guys you want okay, yeah. to be ahead of schedule. Do
0: we want to talk about the behind schedule guys? Because yes, I don't think Nate Clifford is going to be. No, I don't it's think he's going to so... get on.
2: It's infuriating. Schedule. It is infuriating watching him sometimes.
0: I just think he's going to be that guy who.
2: I think you're totally right. Live up to the potential. I think you're totally right. And, and you know, he had a pretty okay game against uh, Northern Colorado. You'll take eight and seven from a yeah. starter any point in time. But literally three days before that, he got blanked at North Alabama. North Alabama. And it's not like he got blanked because, you know, he didn't – like they did a really good job on him. He got blanked because he took two threes and that's it. And then he misses one free throw. Like, dude, you're Nick Clifford. I watch, I look at you, and you're an NBA athlete. you yeah. yammed on CSU like it's nothing. Like it's nothing, because it was he, nothing.
0: He's the best athlete on the team, right? Uh. I like, don't know about that. KJ for his Allen's size. Quincy Allen's incredible. Oh, okay, I wasn't thinking about Quincy Allen. Sorry, I was thinking of the guys for... Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Quincy Allen is the most explosive. Um. Okay, but Nick is a NBA quality athlete, six foot six, six foot seven, and skilled. He is a good shooter.
2: Yes, I think so.
0: Like he has a nice shot, and he like makes these good plays. He knows where to move the ball. It's just he's never going to have the mentality to like be that scorer
2: you can't be a starter at a power six conference team and go and get blanked against north alabama you just can't they're ranked 311 on camp palm you can't do that like i don't know man i i it's it's all right there for him it's all right there for him and has been
0: but it just he's not putting it together it's frustrating Oh, we did bury the lead a little bit. I, okay, do you want to keep talking about these players because I I do have lovely things to say about Javon Hadley.
2: Well, hold on, I was going to get to him at the end. Okay. How much I love him so very much. But um, <laughs> other players that have slightly disappointed me so far. Once again, Ethan Wright. Please, God, let me see
0: some of that. Okay, okay, man. but that's about the development.
2: Yes. Well, so so I well yeah, Clifford. I think is the the biggest laggard right now. I honestly wanted to see more kind of. Pick and roll excellence from Julian Hammond this year. We saw it early, but he's regressed a little bit in this in the portion to the point where I want Ruffin to take a lot more than those minutes because I love what I'm seeing from Ruffin. Um I don't know, man. It, I think all along the wing we're getting really inconsistent minutes, which is making it it making me less it, very concerned for conference play if, if CU can't get consistent performance from the wing. Because there's a lot of dudes out there, but no one's no one's taking control. I just
0: want someone to play defense and hit some threes.
2: Right, which should be Clifford. That like Clifford yeah. do that, um, and Clifford usually gives good effort on defense. It's usually not an issue for him, and his rebounding is is, is still a plus, which is going to get him minutes. But I want more from Gabadon, too. Like I don't know, it's I maybe it, this might be misplaced expectations. And Luke O'Brien was obviously hurt for the UNC so, game,
0: but yeah, yeah, I was thinking about Luke. Um, but is there a chance where Ruffin kind of takes that? spot instead of being a lead guard? Like, if he doesn't take Hammond spots or minutes, he could take possibly some of Clifford's minutes, and we'd play a little smaller. Uh
2: They played Ruffin with with two of the guards against Northern Colorado when, when Northern Colorado went smaller, and, and it worked pretty well, because everyone there moved. Like, it was great. Um and The offense worked. Um, they also just take Lovering out of the game against UNC, because he was too big, and say what you want about UNC. They have two guards that can absolutely penetrate against anyone in the country. Coons and
0: and Dalen Kuntu, we haven't talked about at all, but uh, had a rough game. I, I was expecting more from him, honestly. But did he's still really the, good. He he made that buzzer beater at the end of the first half, and then immediately turned around, talking yeah. shit for the CU bench. Good for I him. I did see that. Good, good for him, bet, Yeah, I, I'm bye. so happy he's turned into a good player. Like I, w- I was, hoping he would drop off. He drop thirty points on us, but. Uh, well, was- and after
2: the game, he and he and Tad had a really nice long hug, and obviously they both yeah. like each other. But it, that's one of those things when you're talking about transfers, of, of it working out for both sides. Like, Koontz mm-hmm. was just not going to play well in Tad's system, and they both knew it. Um, so he went to a system that got better for him, and CU got to get guards that fit more. And, yeah, poor Coons. But Loveringer just was not playing in the second half because they were abusing him on that pick-and-roll with those quick guards, um, which... Kudos to tad, I did not think he was gonna take Lovering out. Um, because if, if Lovering is not a plus defensively, which is very rare, we will continue to stump for loss in Lovering. His defensive athleticism is incredible. Um, but we we everyone now knows he is not contributing offensively. Um so if he's not doing anything beyond defense, you gotta get him out of there.
0: Yeah, and it's just it's frustrating too to see someone who's seven foot one. Catch the ball close to the rim and not have the strength just go up. Early up. Dude, I mean, he jammed
2: and got a tech on Washington, and then he did a weird spin move like layup that brick against UNC. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a young offensive big who's still way too sped up on that side, is what I keep seeing. And yeah. you're right. The second he feels more confident in his strength, I don't even know if he isn't strong enough. If he just feels more confident that he's strong enough. He's hopefully he's gonna start yamming on dudes still. I don't know.
0: Um, We did bury the lead. I think I think that we can go on with this. Um, That Tad Boyle has now tied the record, all time wins record at CU. Yes, he is the greatest coach in CU history, and he will set that record presumably in our next game against uh, Southern Utah, who he's gone.
2: No, presumably with this team, man. Please
0: don't lose. There's no presumably with this team. (laughs) Uh, but I mean, like we, Tad should have set the, this record earlier in the season. We shouldn't be seven and five or 8 and five, seven and five, seven and five. Um, but I mean, the the narrative does fit nicely that he did tie the record against Northern Colorado because uh, yes. he did kind of build that program from nothing. Yes, and I did pretty well. I didn't realize how little Northern Colorado had. As a program before he got there Like they were just transitioning from Division 2 When he took over Yep, Uh, And then they made it to the NCAA Tournament The year after he left
2: He immediately got great guards In um, a a Tad Boyle special Yeah Yeah. But yes, 261 wins for Tad Boyle At Colorado We all know he's the GOAT at CU Um, He continues to be the GOAT And hopefully following the Southern Utah game He will um, Have the most wins in school history um, I think, I don't know. So it's hard not to do this because of how much it was ballyhooed, especially by us on this podcast. But I'm wondering if you do this as well. I'm watching these games. Um, and I'm thinking the whole time you know, would be really sweet is if you had a wing that could attack consistently and, uh, handle the ball a little bit. Um, especially on fast breaks. Or, you know, you'd be sweet is if CU had another big they could throw in there that's just a total fly swatter um, and just rim run, sprint down the court. That would be nice. Um, And then realizing, of course, this? that that exists in the recruiting class for next year. Are you doing that at all like I am or no? Following the recruits? No, just I. this year I should appreciate because oh, it's a no, year I'm that CU that. might be able to get to 20 wins again. I don't think they will, but they might be able to. Um, however, I just can't help but think of next year when all these kids keep growing and you also add Cody Williams and Asana Job to the mix and Courtney Anderson.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I know what you're trying to do with this, but (laughs) I'm really just trying to appreciate this team as we are right now. Nice. I feel like there's enough to follow and get excited about, particularly, uh, like the emergence of Tristan. That I I'm just I'm I'm worried like I'm wondering like can we make a, like a run like I know we're not, I don't think we're gonna make the NCAA tournament but I would like to see this team set that goal for themselves and try to make that run. Um. Yeah, and like if if they really do put together like a winning stretch where these guys are growing into these pretty big roles, that that means more to me right now than looking forward to how that projects next season. You know. Yep.
2: That is the correct attitude. I think I just can't help but do it, especially because I'm just a recruiting guy. Um, I just yeah. I just like the drama of it. But um, I, yeah, I don't know. Every time I, I watch this game, I think that this team's biggest hole is the wing spot, and see you happens to have quite literally the best wing prospect in the country next year. Um, and if you don't believe me. Eric Bossie recently just did an update um, after a basically a Western high school all-star camp where Cody Williams was there as well as a bunch of scouts. Um, and I was already very excited about Cody Williams, as everyone should be. Regardless of stars, he's a very good prospect who fits that system well. If you read Eric Bossie's update, which you should, you will be even more excited. All I'll say is Eric Bossie is campaigning for Cody Williams to be a top 10 player. When it's all said and done, Damn. not just a five-star, not just a top 25 player, but a top 10 player in the country and the number one player in the West Coast. Dude, Damn. Dude, I'm telling you, I am telling you, it is hard not to get it just extremely excited. And everything he's saying is, is stuff that fits Tad's profile. He's a, He has a huge left hand in the lane, Tad Boyle. Super long and lanky at the wing spot, Tad Boyle. Plus rebounder right now, Tad Boyle. The one thing his his quote unquote biggest weakness according to um Eric Bossy, is his shooting, which Tad Boyle, recruit, can't shoot. Um, classic. And then also his defensive effort, which we know if there's one thing that Tad Boyle will teach at Colorado, it is consistent defensive effort.
0: But I don't know man. this. If you were a five star wing who is going to like And I
2: I keep calling him a wing. I only say that because he's going to be guarding twos through fours. He will absolutely be a lead guard and will play. He and KJ will be the two main ball handlers next year. I'm pretty confident. Yeah,
0: okay. Well, regardless, if you were the lead ball handler on your team, you were a five-star, and you know that you are basically going to the NBA unless you kind of, you know, fuck up. Would you try that hard on defense?
2: Uh... I I this is so foreign. I don't try that hard on defense now. Ah. Th- th- I'm not anywhere near the NBA. So no? I thought you were close. <laughs> i almost, but I think my defensive effort stopped me. No, I don't try hard on defense now, and so I never would. Um, especially when you have his gifts, like I would 100% let people drive by me just so I can stuff it against the backboard and then start sprinting the other way. Right? Like, why mm-hmm. not, dude? You're six eight and got a seven one wingspan. Go for it. I don't know. Oh, I'm so. I think I've seen
0: so many NBA talent types that, they, like, they don't have to turn it on, so they just don't. And I, I know that that's bad habit, but I think that if he has the athleticism, if he has the like the length and the intelligence, which I think he has in every respect, I think he will turn it on when he needs to.
2: And and the 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 fact is, he went to this all star recruit thing. I don't want to completely blow up Eric Bossy's article, but he was. Pretty much the leading scorer there and he averaged like twenty-five, seven, and five, right? Yeah. Like and that's against all other like other five stars, other teams that were even more stacked than his team. Like he is he need initiate the offense every time. He is unique in his abilities. Um and I every time I, I think about that when watching this year's team, I, I just can't imagine a, a better fit um for next year. Screw all that. We forgot to talk about the one thing we all love, which is, god damn, I love Javon Hadley. Oh, my god. <laughs> Come on. What a find. Two weeks yeah, before the recruiting him? period ends. Mike Rohn, of course. Duh. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, Mike Rohn just keeping his feelers out, being a good guy, continually keeping in contact with people, even if CU doesn't have the 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 room. And then, you know, if CU admissions rears his ugly head. Bobby Clintman goes to Wake Forest, who, by the way, as a freshman is averaging eight and five, seems to be oh, a pretty. hit.
0: That's sweet. Um,
2: but it doesn't matter because CU just goes, okay, well we'll just grab this guy from uh Indian Hills Community College, who happens to be exactly what this team needed and exactly what next year's team is going to need. He is the ultimate junk player, man.
0: I like I, I didn't know what we were supposed to get from him because it's not like I'm gonna watch tape on Indian Hills Community College. Right, uh, but I could not be happier with just his overall game. Like, like it doesn't really necessarily make sense. Like, why is a six foot five guy, or I don't know how tall he is, but like, why is he posting up on every possession? And yep. it works. And yep. he, like, he he facilitates out of the post. He has that lefty baby hook that works. He way loves more
2: than it That one, <laughs> he shoots it before he even turns. Isn't like, he
0: like shoots yeah. it blind? It's so weird. Um. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, he's just – if CU's in a rut offensively, they can just go to him and he can just go get something. And it's kind of weird. And I don't think we've had a player like that.
2: So, I I think the two things I love about him the most are, number one, how quick his second jump is on rebounds. Mm. Like, he is the first guy to his misses because he kind of knows where he's going to miss, and he's so quick to jump. Like, he's a really fast second jump, which – I I get is a meme in the NBA community because of Marvin Bagley, right? Isn't that why Marvin Bagley was drafted number two because of his second jump, but it's a Uh, real thing.
0: I bet on Marvin Bagley.
2: It's a real thing though. It's like he, he is getting up faster than everyone else is for those boards and that's getting him so many opportunities. And then number two is how thick and relentless he is all the time. There is, that's just how he is there. It's not like how he plays. That's just how the dude is. Like he, You say you don't know how it works. I kind of get that too. But we both love Bonzi Colson at Notre Dame. And it's like yeah, the same okay. weird thing of just like, this guy just has a thick-ass body and he's just big enough where he's moving people out of the way and he has a fast jump and long arms and he's getting all these second-chance shots that no one else cares about. It, it It's like a free spin again on offense. And it's incredible every time. The best rebounder on the team, I think, Taboyeau absolutely loves him. Probably a top three defender on the team, top two defender on the team, something like that. At least one on one.
0: I mean, oh, is this a possibility that Javon Hadley? I mean, it looks like he's he would be in the starting rotation with Cody Williams taking that spot, right? And Nick Clifford dropping.
2: Um, are you asking me to project next year's starting lineup? Sort of, since I know you've thought about it. I have, so I'm guessing it'll be KJ Simpson obviously at the one, Tristan De Silva obviously at the four, Lawson Loving will continue to start at the five, which is a good thing once yeah. again, in our minds Cody Williams will be at the two and or three, and I think Javon Hadley will be at the two and or three depending okay. on what you want, or, yeah. I mean really what that looks like offensively is is KJ Williams one, Cody Williams two, Tristan De Silva three Javon Hadley four, Lawson Loving five, and then defensively that probably looks like KJ Simpson one and then Cody Williams De Silva Will, uh Hadley two through four lovering five. like it, it's interchangeable defensively, yep. but um yeah, and that starting lineup is an incredible mix of talent and work hardness and defense and offense and everything. Um, but I just love Javon Hadley and his hair, oh my God his hair. And he, you know what is also great is he seems to be just an incredible teammate, too. He, he just seems to be a great teammate. And Tag, people don't talk about this enough, how much he finds that
0: in recruiting. Like, he just finds yeah.
2: good-ass teammates in
0: recruiting. But I digress. Um, do, do you have anything else to say? I think we're, like, I think we've gone long enough to not do the Pac-12 preview. I think we can save that for closer because uh, – CU starts against Jan- uh, on December thirtieth against Stanford. Yes, on the road. By yeah. The way. So we can probably and winless Cal,
2: who will likely be winless then.
0: Oh please, and hopefully after.
2: That would be the most CU <laughs> loss of all time,
0: <laughs> especially to Cal, who we generally just suck against for no yep. reason. Yep. But, but Andre Kelly is gone. Um, but I mean, I think that I'm 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 done. That's what I'm trying to say. Okay. <laughs> All right. Stay tuned Wednesday um
2: for for signing day news on the football side. Also stay tuned Wednesday, Southern Utah comes to Boulder for the last non con game of the year. Let's hope Tab Boyle gets the record and makes the teams uh eight and five. You know, eight and five with a round ken palm of fifty before conference play That's is not bad. Not bad. With five losses in this non-con, I was expecting a way worse Ken Pong, But you can make that work. Arizona yes. State has come out of nowhere to be, like, really good. <laughs> like, really good.
0: Ranked yeah, it title. turns out Marcus Bagley leaving the team was a good thing. I almost said that when you were celebrating that he was not going to play against CU because apparently I, yeah, he's a cancer. I, fu- I messed up. Because apparently up. the Bagley family is a bit weird. Yeah, I messed up.
2: And Boise State being a top 50 team is fun. <laughs> Washington, I don't know. Anyways, yeah, Wednesday's a big day. Thanks for hopping on, Sam. Bye. Yeah, all right, bye.
1: Buzz! Buzz!